Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Osmo Daily Fantasy Football Newsroom. I am your host, Kyle Dvorak. Find me on Twitter at KyleTweets here. Everyone, this is the show where I recap yesterday's training camp news, break it down, and give you the fantasy spin on it. Hoping to give you some useful action heading into fantasy football draft season and heading into week one of the NFL season. Before we hop into the show, go to osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football to get access to our draft kit for just $29.95. You get access to a ton of cool stuff. Osmo's fantasy football rankings, our draft wingman tool, which helps you build optimal season long and best ball teams, our breakout sleepers and bus table, our Osmo cheat sheets, and the customizable strength of schedule tool. I've used that to write an article on osmo.com about how to build a breakout quarterback, mixing and matching easy schedules for cheap quarterbacks. All of this for $29.95, and you get a $35 credit for new users at the FFPC. So it's really free money if you're using that credit. So sign up at osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football. Now let's get into the show. The first bite of news we have is the Athletics' Nate Taylor believes that Daryl Williams will be the direct backup to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Originally, it was thought that DeAndre Washington, they're only signing at running back in free agency or after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire via the draft, would be the backup to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But it appears now, at least according to Nate Taylor of The Athletic, that Daryl Williams is that guy. Based on the conflicting reports of people believing DeAndre Washington was the guy now, an insider like Nate Taylor saying Daryl Williams is the guy, it's likely that we see a committee backup to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire between DeAndre Washington and Daryl Williams, maybe even Darwin Thompson gets in the mix. And that generally makes sense because DeAndre Washington, never been an awfully effective runner, ran over four yards per carry just once in his four-year career, but has been a very effective receiver in the past two seasons. Last year, he averaged seven yards per target out of the backfield. He has two seasons of over 30 receptions. That's been his primary calling, at least what separates him and gets him a contract with the Chiefs. And he does have experience with Patrick Mahomes. The two played together at Texas Tech. Supposedly, Patrick Mahomes courted him to come to Kansas City and win championships. So he would be the receiving back while Darrell Williams, much bigger, much burlier at, at six foot two twenty-five when he entered the league, would be there between the tackles player, potentially their goal line and short yardage player. Another guy not really getting much run throughout his NFL career, much like DeAndre Washington, served as a backup for two years, and even going back to college, that was his role. He backed up Leonard Fournette and a handful of other more talented running backs per se. But in his final college season, he did get 145 carries for 820 yards. And most notably, he was used as a receiver in that final college season, getting 23 receptions and being very efficient on those receptions, going for 331 yards. So overall, a guy that if he were to actually be a three-down backup, a backup that plugs right into the starter's role, he'd be a guy we'd have a lot of interest in, but just seems like based on their actions of 
signing DeAndre Washington. Now reports come out that Daryl Williams is the guy that they will operate a committee backfield if anything happens to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. All of this, though, should give us more confidence that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the guy in Kansas City. Moving on to the next piece of news, Washington, Bryce Love potentially on the roster bubble. The Athletics' Ben Standig reports that Washington would cut Bryce Love if they chose to only keep three running backs on the roster. That would leave Adrian Peterson, Antonio Gibson, and J.D. McKissick as the team's running backs. That would also mean they cut Peyton Barber, but it seems like if this is about Bryce Love, then Peyton Barber is already on his way out. And this news should really scare off any Love drafters, especially in best ball, where you're spending a late round pick to immediately lock in zeros if he does get cut. And even if he doesn't get cut, the fact that they would consider cutting him and just rolling with three backs really does speak volumes about how little they care to get him the ball, to get him involved, despite the positive the positive buzz we have seen for Bryce Love in training camp. If he's a guy they're considering cutting, I really don't see him getting much work. Ben Stanley also went on to add that Adrian Peterson's role between the tackles is secure, so there's really no opening unless there are multiple injuries even for Bryce Love to have a fantasy-relevant season. So Bryce Love was an interesting college prospect, was I believe second in Heisman voting in his junior season, returned to Stanford for a much more uh, quiet senior season and then ends the season unfortunately with an ACL tear that basically caused him to redshirt his rookie NFL season and throughout his time in college he was he was largely a one-dimensional back that one dimension rushing yardage was incredible he rushed for 2118 yards on 263 attempts as a junior at Stanford that's 8 yards per carry on over 250 rush attempts incredible efficiency all three of his first three college seasons he goes over 7 yards per attempt scores 19 touchdowns in that third massive junior season, but never topped above 6.4% target share. And even his final college season where he gets 27 targets was very inefficient, averaged just 3.7 yards per target on those targets. So it really doesn't seem like he has a future as a pass catcher in the NFL. Could be a dynamic between the tackles player, but it doesn't seem like Washington wants to give him that role if they're considering cutting him. So he's a guy that I'm pretty sure you can safely write off of your fantasy radar unless you're playing in the deepest of leagues right now. Moving on to the next piece of news. Normally, a piece of news like this wouldn't come on the radar, but given that it's the 49ers and their receiver depth chart, it all seems to matter right now. 49ers continue to lose receivers. J.J. Nelson out two to four weeks, putting him in jeopardy of missing week one. Uh, just a free agent guy they brought in, but at this point, they just need bodies. San Francisco is already without Richie James for week one and probably a handful of games early in the season. Jalen Hurd out for the year as well. Debo Samuel may miss time while recovering from a foot surgery. Brandon Ayuk is also questionable for week one. The team recently brought in a trio of receivers, first Tavon Austin, then Rivers Crockhaft, and Kevin White. But these are just live bodies to have in camp. That's not who you want to be starting in your wide receiver core. So it's interesting to look at some deeper options they have. Starting with Dante Pettis, he posts 467 yards and five scores as a rookie two years ago, but then he falls behind Debo Samuel, really has a struggling training camp, and doesn't do anything in his second year. He's a guy that you at least have to remember, given how productive and how much of a, a breakout candidate he was in fantasy drafts going into last year, and given how productive he was as a rookie, there was a lot of hype around him, and he backed it up with that 467 yards as a rookie on a team that was just trying to run the ball. So he's a guy you should at least have to watch out for, especially in DFS week one. One other guy I want to highlight is Trent Taylor. Trent Taylor, a guy they took in the fifth round of the NFL draft in 2017. He gets production in his first season, 430 receiving yards on 60 targets, scores two times. 
Then he falls behind a bit in 2018. Last year misses the entire year with injury, but he was a guy coming out of school, was at least a worthwhile prospect. 5'8", 181, slot-only receiver. He's going to have to win with his precise route running because he's not a massive athlete, but he does have an above-average college breakout age, and he did control 32% of his team's targets, Louisiana Tech's targets. That's 92nd percentile according to player profiler. In his final college season, he was absolutely dominant. Catches 136 balls for over 1,800 yards, scores 12 times. Even the season before that, 99 catches, nearly 1,300 yards, nine scores, nine scores the year before that. He was a touchdown producing machine, and then he accumulated yardage like a monster in his final season at Louisiana Tech. If he's a week one starting receiver, he's a guy you at least have to know if you're a team that went heavy running back. You could take a flyer and start him if you were a deep flex team or in DFS if you're looking for a San Francisco 49er stack. They're going to have cheap receivers who are going to be starting receivers. So Trent Taylor, Dante Pettis, these are names you need to know heading into week one because of how thin the receiver room is getting in San Francisco. Moving on to our next piece of news, Paris Campbell is going to be fine. According to Frank Reich, after a car crash, he did enter concussion protocol. Colts coach Frank Reich said wide receiver Paris Campbell is, quote, going to be fine, quote, after Campbell got in a serious appearing car crash, but he's apparently okay. Campbell was placed in concussion protocol after the accident. Campbell is a player that Osmo's rankings were particularly high on before the setback, and now he's going to miss valuable practice reps with his new quarterback, Philip Rivers. Second round receiver Michael Pittman was reportedly having a good camp as well further pushing Campbell down the fantasy boards. Campbell may have some utilities gadget player, but he's had two years to be in the NFL and really has done nothing so far. Injuries have obviously held him back, but sometimes injuries just beset a career. So for me, Paris Campbell wasn't on the radar before. You can certainly take him off even the deeper dynasty radars now. Last piece of news, Philadelphia. It will be a shock if Jalen Rieger doesn't have a significant role. Philadelphia inquires Les Bowen, says at this point it will be a shock if Jalen Rieger doesn't have a significant role in the office. He also noted that Rieger has had a good training camp. He also seemed particularly high on Quez Watkins and John Hightower, the two later rookies the team took in this draft. Rieger needs to stand out as a rookie. though. They need him to produce as a rookie from week one if they want to improve as an offense. Receiver was their weakest weapon last year. I believe it was the first time ever a quarterback had thrown for over 4,000 yards and none of their receivers went for over 500 yards. They were getting guys like the AAFs, Greg Ward in the lineup, a converted college quarterback who had to be a starting receiver for this team. They're running three tight end sets because they didn't have the live bodies at receiver. So if they want to improve as an offense, if they want to have more production, they need it to come from their receiving room and they need that to be Jalen Rieger. Rieger broke out in 2017, his first year at TCU with just over 500 yards eight touchdowns, and then he went on to have a significantly improved sophomore season, catches 72 balls for over a 1,000 yards, scores nine times. But then, unfortunately, his final season at TCU, the offense just collapses. He goes back to looking like his freshman season, 43 catches for 611 yards, scores just five times. That's even a dip from his freshman season. He was also used in all three seasons as a special teamer, and then he goes out to the combine and puts up crazy numbers at 5'11", 206. He has a 4.4740. He has an incredible broad and vertical jump. That gives him an above average catch radius, basically the athleticism combined with the size. 
So he is a guy that looks like he has the athleticism to compete in his rookie season, and he has the opportunity. This team right now doesn't look like they're going to have Alshon Jeffrey week one. Deshaun Jackson has not played a full NFL season in years. This is a team that needs receiver production, and Jalen Rieger has that athleticism, has that history of production to give it to them in week one. Assuming Miles Sanders is healthy, I still think we're going to see a lot of either two running back or two tight end sets because they still have just three rookies who played in a truncated offseason as their receiving room alongside Deshaun Jackson and Greg Ward. So it would make sense to get guys like Dallas Goddard, to get guys like Boston Scott on the field alongside the starters in Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders. That could still leave a lot of room for Jalen Rieger and Deshaun Jackson, two receiver sets. Coming out of college, Rieger did look primarily like a slot receiver with that short, thick build and the great athleticism. However, he has been largely learning X receiver in Doug Peterson's offense in camp, but I know they believe, I believe they have moved him around since this report came out, but he started off specifically learning X. That would mean he's an outside receiver. He would be outside along with Deshaun Jackson at Z, and then likely Greg Ward starting in the slot, but they could potentially move a guy like Dallas Goddard to the slot, or even a guy like Zach Ertz to the slot, so they don't really have that slot receiver. They have a slot tight end. Boston Scott could even be a guy who gets reps at receiver, so I'm not too concerned about Jalen Rieger moving around, getting into the right spot. I think if he's going to be a playmaker from week one he will get on the field and he will do so no matter where they're playing him from guys that is going to do it for the osmo nfl daily fantasy newsroom and of course go to awesome.com forward slash fantasy football to check out our draft kit for just 29.95 plus that 35 dollar ffpc credit so it's really free money if you're using it you get access to a ton of awesome stuff our fantasy football rankings done by alex osmo baker the world's number one daily fantasy football player plus our strength of schedule tool our cheat sheets breakout sleepers and bust and the draft wingman it's all happening there osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football i've been your host kyle dvorak find me on twitter at kyle tweets here and we will catch you tomorrow for more news updates